you take your Bibles and go to Psalm 136. Psalm 136, you can stand as soon as you find that if you would. Psalm 136. And we're just going to read the first verse. We'll reference it uh, in other verses throughout the chapter when, uh, once we ha- are seated. But to start, we're just going to read the first verse. And then I'll pray and we'll have you seated. Psalm 136, verse number 1. The Bible says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this evening. Lord, thank you for this place. Thank you for what it means to me and my family, Lord, and the things that have happened here, the spiritual growth that has happened. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you'll just take this time that we have where your word is opened uh, to be a benefit to us, to be a blessing to us, to help us in our Christian lives. Lord, I pray that you will help me to say the things that would be beneficial. Uh, Lord, help me not to, uh, there's nothing I can offer uh, that is beneficial in and of myself, Lord, but what your word says is where we can benefit, uh, where we can be more like you, Lord. I pray that that will be the case this evening. Thank you for all you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, you may be seated. Well, again, thank you for being here. This, this verse here, uh, for me, is, is, a, is a big verse. Uh, it's a big verse just in general, but for me, it's kind of, if you have a life verse, this would be my life verse. Uh, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Um, and there's, that, that verse is almost verbatim given numerous times throughout Scripture. And as we'll go through here this chapter a little bit, it's repeated often even in this chapter right here. And it's a song that was sung you know, by the Israelites. Um, some people say it was written by David. Other people say we're not really sure. It doesn't really necessarily matter who, what human penned it. Um, the, the theme here is, is thankfulness for who God is and for what he's done for us. And while we're not Israelites, right, and we weren't taken out of Egypt and we didn't see all the miracles that God did um, over in Israel, it applies to us as his people today. Um, And so I just wanted to, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily going to be a long service tonight. Uh, These are just thought everyone smiled. It's like, yes. Um, Before the sun goes down, I promise. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, But the, the thought that I had, and I, I don't know if I'd say I struggled with it, this, this service or this sermon, but it, uh, it, I don't know, it just, the Lord kept having me come back to it, and I feel like it's a very simple thought, um, and that's okay. Uh, we need simple sometimes. I need simple often. Uh, probably most of the time, I need simple, and that's what helps me the most. So uh, just, I guess, go along with me here for, for what I kind of thought and how the Lord brought things to my mind. Um, and I just kind of wrote them down. And hopefully it'll help you. Hopefully it'll challenge you a little bit. I, I know it did for me. Um, so a few words that just kind of stick out to me right away here in this first verse are thanks, right? I'll give thanks unto the Lord. Thanks is just, it's an expression of gratitude. And I know it's not November and we're, there's no snow on the ground and we're not thinking about turkeys and cranberry sauce and pumpkin pies right now. So why are we talking about Thanksgiving? But thanks is, you know, not secluded to only November, Right, we're to be thankful all the time. And so thanks is one of the very first things I notice. The next thing I notice is the word Lord in all capital letters, Jehovah, right? The self-existent eternal God. Um, and these are important words. The Lord is good. Good is the next one that I notice. And good is just that which is morally right or righteous. And then the next verse or word I really notice is mercy. And mercy is compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone 
whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. So the ability to, to punish, rightly so, or harm, but not doing that, having compassion and forgiveness shown towards that person. And then the, the last word, uh, well, a couple of words that really stick out are endureth, which just means lasts and, and forever, which is eternal, always, never ending. And so when you break down this verse and what it, I think it is saying is to me as a Christian today in 2023, uh, you know, am I thankful for his mercy? And so as, as you look at yourself and look at your life, I think we would all say, yes, we are definitely thankful of his, for his mercy. But how often on a daily, like Tuesday afternoon at 3.30, is this a thought we have? Or even in our prayer time, in our devotional time, when we're, we're praying and we're reading God's word for our devotions, when, how often, and maybe it's just me and that's fine, how often do I think about his mercy that he has towards me and how often does it cause gratefulness to swell up within my heart? And to me, to my, not enough. Not enough times. You know, and it's, you know, if you listened and tried to do everything the Bible said, we fail, right? Obviously, numerous times, a lot of things God's word says for us to do. But Psalm 136 here shows us why we should be thankful. It shows us a God that deserves our gratitude um, and deserves our, our thankfulness for who he is. You know, we could just go through a few verses here. So if you have your Bibles open still, verse number two, he's God of gods, right? Of all the false gods, and for Israel, obviously, there are a lot of false gods that they, they had seen in, in the neighboring countries around them. Um, even that they brought with them as they left Egypt. I mean, they hadn't even made it to the promised land yet, and they're already worshiping golden calves, right? They, they know of false gods. And, and the song is saying, of all those little G gods, our God is God of them. He is supreme above them. Continuing verse 3, he's Lord of lords, right? There was just this uh, thing they do over across the ocean where they have this king and this other land, far, far away, and they have a king, and they, they, they crown this king, and, and they call him Lord, right? Little L, Lord. And you think of all of history, all the kings that have reigned, great Persian Empire, and the Babylonian Empire, and the Medes, and all these great kings that lived and conquered the, the known world at the time, and they were, they were lords. Lord, our Lord is Lord of those lords. They are only Lord because he allows them to be so to be rulers in that area. And every time that this, these verses go through, they talk about who God is or what he has done, and they say, give thanks to this God because his mercy endureth forever. And that's where it makes it personal to me, is that God is, is amazing and all these things that he has done and all these things that he is, and we should give thanks because that he's our God. As Gentiles, even, we should, I don't know if we should be more thankful or just, I mean, we should, we're outsiders, right? Non-Jewish, we are outsiders that were brought into God's family through what Jesus did for us. We should be eternally thankful and grateful for the mercy that he has given us. Verse number four, all the, all the wonders that he has done. And it's, it's, it's specific, right? I think the words are there intentionally, right? They aren't there accidentally. To, who, to him who alone, all by himself, doeth not just wonders, but great wonders. Right? Your God, our God alone, by himself, with no help, with no intervention, does great 
wonders. Not just wonders, not normal wonders, but great wonders. That's a big deal. Such as, continuing on, verse number five, through his wisdom, he made the heavens. Right? He made, he made the land, verse number six. He made balls of gaseous fire. Right? The sun. He gave us the moon here for us on our planet Earth. The things that he created that, that give life. Right? Without the sun, without the moon, our world exists completely differently, if at all. And God made those specifically, put them where they hang in the sky, and set them orbiting where they orbit intentionally on purpose to sustain life for us here. That God is our God, and his mercy towards us endures forever. Right? He is the one and only God who has done these things. No, no other being created or ever existed could do the things that God did. And he is our God, and he has mercy towards me. How humbling is that? And, and I think we often go through our lives and, and we don't think that way. We don't consider that. We don't contemplate who he is enough and understand the mercy that just is ever-present in our lives and how we, we don't even understand it exists as much as it does, let alone give thanks for the fact that it exists as much as it does in our life. Do we, con do we understand the concept of this? Do we comprehend the truth that his mercy endureth forever and who he is? He doesn't owe us mercy. Right? Adam and Eve, they sinned. They broke God's law. And thereby we are sinners. We break God's law. Even after salvation, we continue to break God's law on a daily basis. Non-stop breaking God's law. Sometimes accidentally, oftentimes intentionally. And God still loves us and has mercy for us. Even though he did all the things that he's done, created everything that he created is, is who he is. And, and his mercy never ends towards us. Never like, I mean, that our brains don't comprehend eternal, right? But never, no, 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 never, never, ever, never, 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 will never, ever, 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 no, never, no, never, no, never, no, never, 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 never end. His mercy towards you, never. Like we could, I could stay here for 10 minutes just saying never, never, never and not even scratch the surface of how long his mercy for you exists, for me exists. That's a big deal. That's a huge deal. It never ends. And I, that's the truth I think I don't comprehend enough. And I, I understand it. And I know it because God's word says it. But I don't, I don't muse on it. I don't think on it. I don't take time to be grateful because of it. And I think my, my perspective is skewed when I don't do that. I think a perspective on life is skewed. And we'll get to that here in a second. When we don't take the time to be grateful for that never, ever, ever ending mercy that he has towards us. Now, Charles Spurgeon said this, and it was a great quote, so I wrote it down. Imagine the supreme Godhead without everlasting mercy. That thought is as much of a source of terror as the truth is a fountain of thanksgiving. So can you imagine the God that did all these things that he did and justly could not give us mercy because he 
cannot, sin and him do not coexist. He is holy. He has no sin. He cannot, he cannot stand sin. He will not put up with sin. And we are sinners. And so a supreme Godhead without everlasting mercy, that's terror. That's fear. That's what we deserve, rightly so, by who we are, because there's nothing in and of us that makes us holy. Nothing in of us that makes us good, right? There is none righteous. No, not, not even one. But God has so much mercy for us that he sent his son to die for us so that we could be with him, so that we who are not holy could be with the Holy One for all eternity. That's mercy and grace, but that's mercy for us. And when we consider a God like that without mercy, that changes, that changes our lives, that changes our eternity, that cha- and he has every right to do that, but he doesn't because he has mercy towards us. So you would assume, we should assume, that a people who realize that, who fully realize God's mercy that we have been given would be constantly thankful to our God for that mercy. That we would just, it would never end. Just like his mercy, that if a people that understands that a God who is God that he is and offers us mercy for as much as he does and as long as he does, never ending mercy that endures, that at those people that understood that would, would constantly be thankful constantly like the the never-ending mercy would be never-ending gratitude from our hearts from our lips from our our, the way we live our life from the way we conduct ourselves with each other for the way that that this building would be full like it'd be we should we should be busting at the seams with people that understand God's mercy for them and the gratefulness of just wanting to be in a place where his word is proclaimed to hear what he has to say and what he wants for us because how could we not? How could we not? Logically, that's what people should do that understand that. But we don't do that. Not enough. There are times, right, that we, we understand and it comes to our minds. But often, I don't know about you, but I find myself complaining about things in my life, about situations that come up in my life about people that come up in my life. I complain in our lives in areas that we feel are unfair, situations that are annoying, things that disrupt our plans, things that are just not right, things that we view as wrong and not right, and we complain about them, or, or things that we could do better if I had the chance Or if I was doing this instead of that person, I would do a better job. Or I would know how to do it better. Or I would do it this way. They don't know what they're doing. That's, we, you know, we're sinners, we're humans. And if we're not careful, we find, we can fall, even as Christians, into the habit of constantly looking at the negatives in our entire life. Because there are negatives there. But the, the never-ending mercy that is offered to us for a God who is good and done all the things that he does washes away the negativity in our life and it should it should wash that negativity away but we don't we cling to the negativity as human beings right we we find the things we there are even times and we well if you're honest with yourselves i think we would admit that we we kind of like talking about the bad stuff sometimes when it doesn't involve us when we talk about other people that you know they the, the the you know the they that are out there 
right? They don't do it the right way, or they, not us, not our group, but they, they did it wrong. They drove the wrong way. They cut me off. They did this. They didn't do that. They did it wrong, right? And we like to, we'll have entire conversations over dinner or on the car ride home, how things didn't go the way they should have, or you could do it better, or I can't believe they said that to me, or I can't believe they act that way, or I can't believe this company did this, or I can't believe our president did that, or I can't believe this country would do this, or I can't believe this idiot wouldn't see this and would say this. I mean, turn the TV on. That's what it is. And we, even as Christians, we, we feed on that stuff. And it gets us fired up, and we think we're doing something righteous by denouncing this or that. And I'm not saying don't stand up against sin. I'm not saying don't stand up for right. But I am saying is, if we're not careful, our life gets into a place of constant complaints, constant negativity, and just bleh. Like that's what life becomes. And we come here and we're just kind of bleh when we come in and then we wonder why it doesn't resonate with us. Why the singing is kind of a drag to to come out of our mouth sometimes. We just don't feel like it. Or the sermon doesn't interest us. Or we kind of find our our minds drifting and wandering. It's because we're not thankful. We don't fully, we're not taking the understanding that we should have and and being grateful for the mercy that God gave us. Does that change situations in life? Not necessarily. But it could change a perspective on them. It could change the way we view them. It It could change the way we approach them. The way we talk about them or don't talk about them. Or what we focus on to talk about and spend our time on, spend our energy. I mean, we only have so many hours in a week, only so many hours in a day. And I mean, you can, only, you can spend that time in so many different ways. How do we choose to spend it? So we can complain about those things and, and forget about being grateful for the mercy. Or we could, also, we could also feel as though our life is pretty good and we got it figured out. That, that the things that we've done in our life, and this might probably happen as, as we get older, but also that comes with it, the understanding we don't have it all figured out, but we can take our learned abilities and our earned life experience that we have and feel like maybe we're entitled to have what we have in our life, right? We have uh, certain unalienable rights. I mean, it's in the, you know, it's in the uh, Declaration of Independence, life, liberty, pursuit, happiness, I'm American. I deserve to have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. They're unalienable rights. Problem is, Declaration of Independence is not God's word. They're good. It's, there are a lot of great things in there. But if you understand who we are as human beings and the concept of a supreme Godhead, we don't deserve anything. We don't deserve any rights. Your pursuit of happiness for you uh, that's in Americans. That's how we can be. Uh, you know, over my cold dead body, you can take whatever from me. That we we have a lot of pride, and misplaced pride, pride that says we deserve this because I live in America, and I we my forefathers fought for this, and you can't have it, and you won't tell me what to do, and and it it goes to our government, but it also goes to people in our our lives, right? Again, the they the arbitrary they that are out there. They're the ones that are wrong and they can't tell me what to do. I have rights, I'm an American, and that's, you can't take them from me. I deserve this. It's my right to be whatever. Fill in the blank for whatever it is. They're the ones that are wrong. They're the ones that are in my way. 
They're the ones that are, again, the bad drivers, right? They're the bad drivers, not me. I have rights. Get out of my way. I'm driving the right way. You're not, right? They're the ones making the bad decisions. They're the ones making the bad life choices. So your bad life choices and your bad decisions can't take my rights away. So get out of my way. Get your bad decisions out of my face and let me be who I'm supposed to be. Because I've learned through my life and my experiences, this is how I get what I want. And you can't take it from me. I've come to this point in my life that I, I have my life under control. Not that everything's perfect. And we can be, if we're not careful, we can get so prideful in what our rights are that we completely miss the thankfulness that we should have for the things that we should not have. The nice clothes you're wearing tonight, only because God's mercy. The nice car you drove here in today, or the, the really junky car you drove here in today, only because of God's mercy. The big house, the small house, the no house, the, the, the house with, with whatever is in it that you'd wish wasn't there, or the things that you could fix, or things that you'd make it nicer, you only have that because God's mercy. So when we have those moments of standing up for my rights and my, you know, we get all fired up about it, as Christians, we should pause. We should pause and check our attitudes, check our hearts, check our spirits, check our concept of who we are. We're not everything. We're nothing. And all our job is to do is take what we, who we are as nothing and go to all the other nothings and tell them about a God who's everything. And when we understand that, that thankfulness will come. And I think part of the reason why we lose sight of that, we lose sight of the mercy we've been given is because we don't take time to think. Even more today, there are so many things. I mean, even my notes are on the digital device, right? Our phones, our TVs, our radios, our music. Our, there are so many things that can distract us from thinking. And just, just, just like quietness. Even during, I mean, if you're like me, I have to leave my phone in a different room during my devotions because I will find myself scrolling through something five minutes after my, my Bible sitting here, I'm reading, I'm in a chair, five minutes, I'm like, how did my, where did, how did my phone get in my hand? Why, what, where did I go? Maybe that's just me. But I have to leave my phone somewhere else because I can't even read God's word sometimes in a quiet moment without being distracted. And I think that's part of the reason why we lose sight of the mercy, because we don't take time to think these days. We don't, we don't take t quiet time to contemplate and meditate on the fact that God is good to us and his mercy towards us endures forever. Time to contemplate our, our standing with that supreme Godhead that has done all those things that he has done. Thankfulness it will equal thankfulness. When you think on those things... When you think about who God is, and, and I mean, whether it's this chapter or so many other places throughout Scripture, when you understand your standing with the Lord, it will bring gratefulness out of your heart. It has to, if you're honestly taking time to think about it. So when we take the time to think, it can change how we interact with the world around us, with people around us, with our own families, with our own thoughts, our own thought life. When we take that time to think about it, it will change our perspective. You don't have to turn there, but Micah 7.18 says, Who is a God like unto thee, that pardoneth iniquity, and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever, because he delighteth in mercy. God loves to give mercy. 
The one who doesn't, doesn't have to. No one is demanding he gives us mercy, but he delights in it because he loves us. He loves us so much that he wants to take our sin that is in our life, obviously, clearly, and pay for it with his son's blood. He delights in giving us mercy so much he's willing to sacrifice his own son and his son was willing to die so that we could obtain that mercy that God gives us. He delights in it. He wants to give it to us. And when you know the mercy that you've been given, you can't help but be thankful. Right? I mean, depending on how your life has gone, there's a lot of things in your life that don't deserve mercy. But even if your life has been perfect or really good or you just haven't had too many troubles, you know, as a younger person, maybe haven't gone through too many struggles, you still need mercy like you don't even understand. Even the best of us, again, go back to there are none righteous, not even one. So take whatever sins or things that you've done in your life that are contrary to God, they, they need mercy. They need mercy from him. And when we understand that, when we see that, and we think about that God is dying, he, just, he literally died to give us mercy and wants to, he delights in it. You can't help but be thankful. And then what also goes along with that, when you understand the mercy you've been given, you're a little more willing to give mercy to others. The they, again, out there. When you see them as nobodies like you, and you understand that you know the mercy that God gave you, you're going to be a little more willing to give them mercy as well for the things that they don't do right. And that could be parents, that could be your children. Pa- children, you know, youth, that could be, that could be your, your siblings, that could be your friends. I mean, it's the lost. When we understand the mercy and the forgiveness we've been given, given by the Lord who wants to give mercy to them, then we're more likely to, to be merciful as well. And maybe the people that are they out there driving and doing the wrong things that you would never do, maybe you're a little more merciful with the actions that they have because they don't know. They've not been shown, right? They've not been told about the mercy that the Lord gives. God delights in mercy, not just to us who are already saved, but to those that are not. We know God doesn't want anybody to perish, right? He has said that in his word. He wants none to perish. So that means... The person that we think of, we could, and we'll think of, you know, political people or famous people that are just ugly, rotten, right? That we would not, we would not turn the other way to help them because of how bad they are. God wants them to experience the mercy that you've experienced. And if they turned and trusted, he would give it to them. He'd pour it over them, just like he did to us. So how can we nobodies who've been given mercy say that person doesn't deserve mercy that person's wicked and evil and vile and and they may be and again i'm not saying don't stand up for right or or call out sin but i'm saying be careful about how we view the lost or even people in our church even family members people that we've known our whole lives that maybe have changed or did something, or said something, and and ruined relationships. Be careful about how we are so quick to say, ah, write them off. They don't deserve my forgiveness. They don't deserve mercy from me because of what they've done. And then sometimes when, again, God delights in mercy, we uh, begrudgingly will give mercy. It may take a lot to drag mercy out of us. 
Um, and it can happen in your marriage, right? It can happen where you begrudge to forgive in your marriage or to give mercy to your spouse in your marriage. Your marriage relationship is no different than your relationship, I mean, as far as mercy and forgiveness goes, than God is for you. God forgave us. God gives us mercy, but we won't forgive our spouse for da, 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 whatever it is they've done or not done, and we won't let it go. We may, we may say we forgive, but we'll never forget. When we understand the mercy that's been given us and that God delights in mercy, giving mercy in our marriage should be easier. Giving mercy in our parenting, giving mercy at your job, giving mercy to your extended family, giving mercy to all the people on 41st Street that are just don't know what they're doing. Right? I mean, we've all been there. We've all been, we've all been alone in the car or even with family and yelled at a driver that can't hear you. Right? And if their windows was rolled down and you pulled up and you're like, you idiot, hi. <laughs> How you doing? Good day? You having a good day? All right. Like you would never to their face call them an idiot or tell them off because you're a Christian. Hopefully, that's what you wouldn't do. Some of you are like, I would totally tell him off. <laughs> but when we understand the mercy we've been given, all we do is ruin our attitude ruin our, our day, ruin our time in the car alone while we yell at people that don't care about your yelling. Why not give mercy? Why not give mercy? Why not slow down? Why not let them cut you off? But yeah, come on, go ahead. I'm going to just stop. Go, go, go. Yeah? Why, why do we have to know we're not letting that person in? Speed up, speed up, speed up. <laughs> We've all done that. I've done that numerous times. But if we understand God's mercy and we think and we take time to meditate on who, what God's done for us and who we are, I think it changes the way we treat people. I think it changes, changes the way you treat those that have wronged you. It's hard to forgive and give mercy to those that just have done wrong to you and have no remorse. Have no, they have no desire to make it right. And it left you hurt, left you wounded. You, they have no desire. It's, it's good for you to forgive and to give that mercy to them. Because again, the God that forgave you, that, uh, that gives you mercy forever, delights in mercy. And we want to be like him. Hebrews 8.12 says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. God says, we, they have unrighteousness. They are not righteous. There is none righteous, no, not one. But I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. And the sins that you've committed, the iniquities that you've committed, once you've accepted Christ as your Savior and his payment for those, he doesn't remember them anymore. They're gone. What mercy, undeserving, that God has given us. God said this in that verse there in Hebrews, God was saying this to the nation of Israel after just going through and talking about the fact that they did not follow him once they brought him out of Egypt. He said, I brought you out of Egypt and basically as soon as I got there, you're worshiping golden calves and you're doing your own thing. You're rebelling, you're murmuring. God's, this, that God is saying those words to those people. I mean, it's not years, it's literally right away. He's saying, I brought you out, did all these great, wonderful things, and immediately, like I could barely blink an eye, and you're already going the opposite way of what I have said. And God says, I will be merciful to that. I'll be merciful to those actions. And I won't remember those iniquities, because he delights in mercy. So what keeps us from extending mercy to other people? Again, mercy is compassion or forgiveness 
shown towards someone who it is within one's power to punish or harm. And you may say, well, I have no power to punish or harm anyone, so I, you know, whatever. No, but when you think about doing something to somebody or, or not allowing, not forgiving, not giving that mercy, you're, you could be punishing yourself. And where you, your effectiveness for the Lord, when you hold on to those things, when you're unwilling to give mercy, it, it removes you from being able to be used the way God wants you to be used because you can't let something go because you can't be merciful. So have we taken the time to think? I would challenge you to take more time to think on the goodness of the Lord and the mercy that he has given us that lasts forever. So have you taken the time to think in order to be thankful, to give thanks unto the Lord because he is good. He is good to us. Even on our, the days that we view as the worst possible days, he's still pretty good better than we could ever be but he loves us and his mercy towards us endures forever stand with me if you would lord i'm grateful for your mercy lord i'm the words cannot express the the thankfulness that we should have for the mercy that we don't deserve that you have given our way. The mercy you've given us in the past and the mercy that you're ready to give us in the future. We don't, I, I don't deserve to be standing here and proclaiming your word, but you've given me mercy. We don't deserve to live in America, but you've given us mercy. We don't deserve to have the health that we've been given and all the wonderful things that you've given to us. You have mercy on us and who we really are. Lord, I pray that you help us to think on that, to understand that, to be grateful for the mercy you've given us that lasts forever, that never runs dry, it never runs out. There are no limitations. The mercy you have to offer lasts forever. Lord, help us to be grateful to you for that and help us to delight in mercy like you do towards others around us. Help us to be forgiving, to be long-suffering, to be like you and willing to give mercy where maybe it's not earned or deserved help us to be more like you lord if there's any that uh, need some time to talk to you lord i pray that they'll do that here in the next few moments in jesus name amen